I want to be there 2.30 in the morning when there's a widow that calls me and her husband just passed away hospice. He's still on the couch beside her. She has, she doesn't know what to do. I want to be that person. Welcome to Buy Sci-Fi Bite-Sized Finance. I'm Kelly Brothers. I'll be your host serving up some of the most succulent stories from our region about people, places, and things that impact our community and your financial well-being. Our goal is to learn, think, and even laugh a little bit. Delivered right to your kitchen table, your dining room, or wherever you choose to listen. Kelly Brothers back with Buy Sci-Fi Bite-Sized Finance. And today we are talking about the business of death. I mean. It's inevitable, right? You think it is anyway. Joined by the one and only Doug Wageman, Cochran and Wageman Funeral Homes, and actually is embarking on a new career now, consulting in this business as well. But Doug, great to see you. You're also one of the great corporate citizens in the city of Roseville. Well, it's great to be here. You know, and when when we first uh, uh, started talking about this, the topic name. The business of death just intrigued me because I could go in one of several directions. So. No, I know that, but I'll, I'll start with this because it truly impressed me and imprinted on me because we've all, I think, buried someone we love or went through the end of life experience with someone we love. And I remember you telling me that you've always gotten great satisfaction out of being able to help people on the worst day of their life. I want to be there 2.30 in the morning when there's a widow that calls me and her husband just passed away hospice. He's still on the couch beside her. She has she doesn't know what to do. I want to be that person. And that's a, that's a gift. That really is. Because not everyone can handle that, Doug. Not everybody can handle it. But I'll tell you what, it's the most rewarding thing. It's legitimate I, service to humanity. It really is. Congratulations. That's a weird thing to say to a funeral director, but <laughs> I mean, uh, I can only imagine the comfort you've brought over the years to people. We hope so. Let's talk about death. Let's do that. <laughs> let's, let's do that. Because sooner First, or later, my industry is going to get 100% of the market. That's true. That's true. And sooner or later, they're coming to you, Doug. Well, and it maybe, is... maybe one of 20,000 funeral homes in the United States. Yeah. They'll be going there. Are you amazed by the differences in traditions and ritual from culture to culture, nationality to nationality, religion to religion? You know, that is one of the absolutely most fascinating things that I've been able to be a part of for 45 years. The United States has such a rich fabric of different peoples and ideas and customs and, and rituals and things like that. And the day that the death of somebody becomes a cookie cutter event is the day I hang it up. Yeah. It's got to be individual. Oh, it's got to be. Absolutely. I mean, I come from an Irish family. I mean, in Ireland, everything, every time is marked by deaths. Oh, that was the year Paddy died. I remember that. That was the year that it is. They don't remember it by years. They remember when people died. And I'm sure other cultures are kind of and the same I way. And I love a good Irish wake. Oh, that's true. That's true. <laughs> Especially with the deceased right there in the corner of the room. And I've been to a few of those. With the Jamesons going around. No, right, right. I mean, they could feed it to them if they could. Um, let's talk about 
the sure. business of this. So, I mean, mm-hmm. you have pointed out to me that this is an industry which changes uh, glacially, let's say. I mean, the, it is exceptionally slow in kind of moving with the times, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. No, certain parts of it. Uh, you know, like I say, glacially slow has, that's a nice term. But, you know, I meet funeral directors to this day that feel that cremation is just a, a passing fancy. And we're going to be getting back to good old fashioned traditional services and bronze caskets and things like that. And it's a fad. It's a it's fad. Go- you know, it's like zipper jeans, Doug. <laughs> going away um so they are yeah what, what what are the give me the percentages in the u.s right now what what percent are cremated and what percent do a okay. burial uh right now we you know the united states actually crossed the 50 percent mark as far as cremations back about three years ago so right now the latest information that i have is that the united states nationally is 50.4 percent now you get in, you know, some states that you know on the western, you know, seaboard here uh, yeah. with Washington and Oregon and California and and Arizona and Nevada. Some of these, it's got a higher cremation rate here in California. It's about sixty four percent. Here in the greater Sacramento, that's significantly higher. Oh, it is. Yeah, it is. That is only held back by a lot of still traditional business in the Central Valley and down Imperial, you know, uh, you know, certain groups. So that holds back the cremation. But nationally, they're anticipating by the year 2030, the cremation rate's going to be about 70%. That's not a passing fancy. That's that not a, a no, no, that is not a passing fancy. And when we talk about the business of death, the business aspect those funeral homes and those funeral directors are going to be successful in the future are the ones that are going to have to take these stats, these new things that we've learned just in the last six, seven months, and they're going to have to implement, they're going to have to pivot, and they're going to have to implement some new things that families are telling us that they want. Like what? Well, like what? Well, the first thing that they want, they're starting to look more seriously at making prearrangements. And this is where I hope that a lot of the trust and estate attorneys can get involved because if you go to a trust and estate attorney, a lot of times you're going to get your your trust and you're going to get your power will, of attorney yeah. and will and maybe, well, usually a health care directive. But it usually stops there. And that discussion about what, what would you like to happen when you pass away doesn't come into that equation. But the time to make those decisions is when you don't have to, you know, because when, when somebody's passed away, you know, your mind is all over the place. You're tired, you're angry, you're grieving, you're getting phone calls. People are wanting to know what they need to do, what you want to do and things. And it's very, very emotional. That is not the time to make these type of decisions. So the surveys are saying that because particularly with COVID, let's say, that they're going to want to take another look at making prearrangements, but they want to do it a different way. You know, before we would want to get them into the office and sit down and, you know, explain things. You know, those days are going to be coming to an end. Now with COVID, people are becoming more and more comfortable with the aspect of making arrangements online, you know. Just uh, working through a menu and saying. Exactly. And then funding it that way. 
or talking to us uh, via phone and e-signatures, things like that. When COVID hit and everything was shut down, we were considered an essential business, obviously, but we weren't allowing or we weren't allowed to have families in our building because, number one, we didn't know what was going on. So we had to pivot in a hurry, put things on our website so that people could make arrangements. You know, I was thinking, Doug, when that was happening Mm – and you were watching what was going on in New York, you must have been wondering, oh, my God, what what wave is headed our way? Because well, New York mortuaries were just inundated. Absolutely, they were. As a matter of fact, we had funeral directors from other states going in to assist. And one of the things, you know, we, we heard about the first responders, but we got named the last responders because we were the last people to have to deal with this. Yeah. And quite frankly... And PPE was just as important for Absolutely. you as it was for Abs- the first responders. Absolutely, I'm sure. and then trying to find it. Wow, yeah. that was a. You're right. That was a, a pivot for you. So outside of COVID, what other changes are you seeing? I mean, besides people getting cremated, and mm-hmm. is that is that based on cost, or is that based on on some level of environmental mentality? Or what, what is that based on, do you think? It could be a little bit of all of the above, but it's so much more. First off, families are so much more mobile. You know, uh, in yeah. the old days, you know, five generations in hometown, and you had your family plot, and you were going there. I was born in Oshawa, Ontario, Canada, outside of Toronto. I'm here in Sacramento now, you know. This is home. This is home now. And, uh, and so families aren't going back to where their typical roots were, number right. one. Number two, with cremation, there are so many more options than a traditional casketed burial, right. what you call it. There are some things that are, that's happening with cremation now that just makes my head spin. You know, I can send cremated remains to one of several companies around the world, and I can actually have you made into a diamond, <laughs> really? Well, yeah. I didn't know Absolutely. that. Absolutely. So someone could wear you. Yes. Uh, I could see somebody saying first husband, second husband, oh. third. <laughs> but, the Black uh, Widow. The Black Widow. Yeah. I mean, there are companies that will put cremated remains in fireworks and really go out with a bang. I Literally. You could put cremated remains in a special tree pod and plant it and have a tree grow. Jewelry. Uh, memorial jewelry is really well, big still, right now. Plus, scattering is still scattering, popular, right? Uh, very much so. Yeah, very Hawaii, much so. Lake Tahoe, I mean. Eternal Reef. There's there's a company that uh, has artificial reefs in in the Caribbean and Hawaii, and you can buy a little niche underground, uh, under, on, underwater. Really? Wow! And have cremated remains put there with a platelet template. Yeah, placed on uh, you there. Look at the fish, and you can look at the fish. But later on, the coral and everything engulfs it, so you literally become part of the reef. Part of the reef. Wow. I mean, so many things. Yeah, so many things. Uh, that is a lot of variability. I'd never even thought about. Well, before. and then with services too. You yeah. know, what about? You know, I was mm-hmm. driving through San Francisco. You drive through Colma. Yes. Right, which yes. is basically. One C- large cemetery. cemetery. <laughs> you know, and you drive through some parts of town. Mm-hmm. Will that land ever be so valuable that they'll say, we're going to dig up this cemetery and move it? Or is that not verboten? Is that verboten? Uh, right now, it's probably verboten. Yeah. Howbeit, in Germany, there are some areas that will quarter the land, and every hundred years, they will use 
one quartile of the land. And then after 400 years, basically, they will reuse quartile number oh, one. So they're going to rotate, but we're not going to be around to see it, yeah. <laughs> you know, when, the, when they start doing that. The fact of the matter is people say we're running out of space. We're not running out of space. I mean, yeah. we're, we're no. just not. No, if you've ever been to Nevada. Yeah, right. Your business is, is very well respected. Mm-hmm. You know, I know Patrick Gormley downtown yep. is respected. Mm-hmm. These little guys, the, the small business has done fine. You know what I mean? There hasn't. Is there a movement? You haven't. At least if it's happened, I haven't felt it mm-hmm. in terms of like a big roll up of some big national heaven's gate retire. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's crematory and mortuary. No, it's there. It is. In fact, the one name that you mentioned belongs to a publicly held company. Oh, gotcha. Right. Okay. So you well, what happens they just when, keep you, the when you, right. So, yeah, when you purchase a firm, you want to buy that name because that's where the heritage is. That's where the equity is. Right. And so you want to keep that name. But when you think of 20,000 funeral homes in the United States, only about 18% of them belong to corporations, publicly held right. companies. Right. The vast majority of them are mom and pops, you know, like myself. And the average caseload, the average number of families that the average funeral home in America serves is about 150. 860 families a year. That's small. Yeah. That's small. Has that number changed dramatically this year in your mind? Well, at any given year, the United States experiences about 3 million deaths a year. Okay. It's hard to say at this point in time. You know, I'm certainly not a doctor and I'm not a... Well, especially since they say a lot of the Mm -hmm. poor people who succumb to COVID or with COVID, many of them were already... On death's door, in one way there, or another, there, there, comorbidities, right. things like that. Uh, I'm, I'm on a personal basis, and in talking with a couple of physician friends that I am, they're more concerned about people who have not gone to see their doctor because they've been afraid, or there's been miscommunication about if the doctor is open and they're able to to see patients at that point in time. Uh, there might be more of a impact from that. Okay. But again, I'm not the expert in no, that. No, no, we pretend. won't know until they add it exactly. all up at the end of the- We still there's still so, a lot of unknown there. Oh, plenty. Yep. So, um so how does someone wants to go into your business? How do they do that? <laughs> I mean, do you have your a degree in mortuary science? Is that what it's I, called? Well, California's different and every state is different. Okay, it can be everything from you have to have a bachelor's degree and then licensure to California that really does not require that much. And that's sad, you know, with the responsibilities we have for somebody to just go in and take a hundred point test and pass it and get a funeral director's license. Now, you know, everything about the business, you know, I guess I did it the hard way. I went, I took a year course, went through two years internship, became a licensed embalmer. And then I embalmed at night and went to university during the day to get my bachelor's in operation, then went on, got my MBA in finance, then went on, became a certified cemetery and funeral executive, and then went on and got a certified funeral service professional designation. Wow. So I guess I kind of did it 
the hard way. Which is amazing. I mean, it's amazing that California would be lacking in that because California usually overregulates industries. I so, know. Yeah. So you embalmed at night while going to school. I have. Not many people have had that <laughs> college job, I'll tell you. I, uh, you know, at the time, quite frankly, I, I, I had mean, a, a lot wife. Of people and, get bombed going to college, but embalmed? Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's a new experience. But I had a wife and two children to support. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So this little thing called responsibility plus wanting to... Well, you mentioned embalming, so I assume then... And that's a little bit different. Has that dissipated greatly? It, you know what? It, it's becoming a lost art. You know, with cremation, you don't have to be embalmed. Right. What I believe is the, the mortuary colleges or those colleges that teach mortuary science need to spend less time on embalming and more on cremation because that's where it's going. You know, as a matter of fact, one of the two schools in California is right here in Sacramento. Where is it? It's at American River College. They do a... There used to be an old, what is it, the San Francisco College of Mortuary Science. It was on Post Street, I believe, in San Francisco. And they went out of, I don't know, business or whatever, but came over here to uh, American River College. The other one's down at Cypress College, down in Southern California. So- My- so, in other words, mm-hmm. uh, you can get your so- AA or Associate mm-hmm. Arts degree in mortuary science right. at American right. River. Yep. Who knew? Yep. So, when you need employees, is that where you go? You know what? What I do when I look for employees, I don't really care their background. I'm looking for some intrinsic things because I can teach the technical, but I can't teach heart. You know, and so I. So, what can't, are you looking for? I'm looking for somebody that will. Listen and not make any prejudgments, be adaptable, and really have a love for this. This is not a part-time job. This is not a gig to, you know, I want people that want to make it a serious profession. Because so, this is no different. As far as I'm concerned, this is no different than a, a physician practice or a dental practice or a law practice or a CPA practice. Sure. For me, it's a funeral service practice. Right. Yeah. And it's respect for the body. That's right. Right? That's right. You must have seen over the years some incredible traditions and little rituals. Give me, give me the one or two that, that struck you, like being like, that's astounding that that, you know, that, that culture does that. Well, <laughs> you caught me off guard on that one, Kelly. Uh, come on. Come okay, on. Okay. All right. All right. How about one of the things in history has been to do things in vignettes. You know, if the person was a cowboy, do that and put a saddle on the casket and have a wood casket and things like that. Storytelling. Storytelling. I know of a place. This person was a Giants fan. And so when he passed away, his family wanted him to be embalmed, but embalmed in such a way that the vignette would be, he would literally be sitting in his recliner in full giant regalia with a TV screen watching... A Giants game. Yes. And it just looked with a with the Giants blanket over him and it just looked like he had fallen asleep having a nap during the Giants game. And that's the way he was entombed? No. Oh, okay. You know, after the uh, the service the visitation oh. and the oh. service. So <laughs> okay. this was just for the visitation. Just for the visitation. Okay. All right. okay. Yeah. Oh yeah. Gosh. So let's say you have someone and they're losing someone for the first time or they're sure. new to Sacramento. And they want to find the appropriate 
funeral home to work through. What are the two or three questions they should ask when they pick up the phone and say a loved one has passed? Well, right now, it used to be, you know, if you were a member of a church or something like that, you always went to the clergy and they always had the recommendations. Well, that that's completely, it's important, but there's more people now passing away at home. And if you're passing away at home, generally speaking, you're going to be under hospice care. And so a lot of times the hospices will have lists of funeral service providers. But more and more families, as they move from the Bay into our area, like say uh, in Placer County, you know, we have two large Del Webb communities, one in, in Roseville and another one in Lincoln Hills. Yeah. And they're computer savvy. They will go online and they will check your ratings and they'll go on your website. Oh, so you got to work for your Yelp rating like any restaurant or any other uh, retail business, huh? Yes. Yeah. Wow. It never, fact, even, never and, even dawned on me that Oh, and, and what's happening is they'll look at your reviews. Yeah. But then what will happen is now in California and nationwide, they want people want more transparent pricing. In California, we're required to have our pricing, our general price list on our websites. So people can go and do their own checking. Sure. Yeah. And so there's, like a, there's a lot more. Exactly. Yeah. To a degree. Yeah. However, you know, it's still, there's still a lot of just plain referrals, you know, neighbors and, and family members that live in the area or, or, or that type of thing. But more and more, as people move into the area, they don't have that network of friends and family in the area. So they're, they're going online. So we're seeing on the marketing side of the business of death, yeah. Okay. Going back to the business side, you're seeing a lot less yellow pages. I haven't used yellow pages in no, years, no. but I'm on Google sure. and I'm online. And that's how they find you. That's how they're finding us. Okay. But yep. whereas 15, 20 years ago, they would have been through a pastor. A pastor or yellow pages. Right. Yeah. Okay. Or, or just plain, you know, they, they had lived in the area so long that, you know what? I mean, in my hometown, there was only two places. And you went to one or the other. Yeah. And five generations later, you didn't cross paths. You kept going to the one. Right. Yeah. Do you uh, have to arrange for people uh, remains to be flown home very often or no? Do our um, people grow more and more comfortable with just laying where they sat last? You know, it's interesting because as we sit here right now, I'm having uh, one family member that's going to be coming into Sacramento airport. Then the next day I have one that's going to be going back East. So we do see a little bit of that, you know, full, full casket type thing, but we're seeing a lot more of cremated remains, right? Which is a lot less expensive just being mailed to point A or point B. The only entity that you can mail with is the post office. FedEx and UPS and all the others don't do it. Oh, wow. So it's got to be special through the uh, Postal Service. Wow. Yeah. Incredible. So we see some of that. Doug, what would you, if, if you were to go back and, and uh, give any advice to your 22-year-old self about the business, about choices you made, I mean, what advice would you give to your 22-year-old self about the world you were about to enter, things you didn't know then that you kind of wished you did? I didn't know at the time that I was going to love this as much. 
I think the first thing, quite frankly, is I wouldn't I wouldn't embalm at night anymore. <laughs> I, I think probably that'd be that the first be thing. That would be kind of spooky. Yeah, I got to admit. Yeah. You know, I think that you know when I talk to students and 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 uh, have the opportunity to talk to young people through either you know our chamber or whatever it might be, it's you know take your time, experiment a little bit. But you don't have to lock yourself in. You can always change. Look, what I, you know, I'm, I'm in the middle of change right now. I still don't know what I want to be when I grow up, I guess. That's all right. Yeah, you're, that's you're, okay. You're really good at this, Doug, <laughs> really good. So, but it is, you're, you're right, for someone who cares about service and helping people. Mm-hmm. And because let's face it, when, when someone you know loses someone else that mm-hmm. was very close to them, you don't know what to do. You know what I mean? You would do anything to help bear some of that burden or help. And that's when food starts to show up. And that's when, you know, you because people just want to exhibit their care and concern. And you know what the number one thing you can do? What's that? Not say a word. Yeah. Just be there to listen. Yeah, They'll tell you everything you need to know. And before you know it, they're going to say, thanks. Yeah. Well, the art of listening. The art of listening. You got, and if it's a close enough friend or family member, you, you can't be afraid of silence. You that, know, sitting there in silence has uh, its own value. It, it does. So, it absolutely does. It's certainly an incredible place for a guy like you to exhibit great human kindness and empathy, and I know you've done it for a long time. So thanks so much for joining us today. I, I appreciate it, Kelly. It's been a lot of fun. Thank you so much. Doug Wageman, everyone. Cochran and Wageman Funeral Home out in the great city of Roseville, joining us on Buy Sci-Fi Bite Sides Finance. Thanks for listening to Buy Sci-Fi Bite Sized Finance. The program is supported in part by Genevieve Burford & Brothers. If you liked what we served up today, please give us your rating, subscribe, and by all means, share. Music for the show, produced locally by Kitty O'Neill and her band, Skylar's Pool. Securities offered through Royal Alliance Associates, Inc., member FINRA SIPC. Investment advisory services, Offered through Genevieve's Burford & Brothers Wealth and Retirement Plan Management, LLC. Royal Alliance Associates is separately owned, and products or services referenced here are independent of Royal Alliance Associates. The discussions and opinions expressed are intended for informational purposes only and do not constitute solicitation, investment advice, or recommendation. Neither Genevieve's Burford & Brothers nor Royal Alliance Associates offer tax or legal services.